Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Today, we're talking about stress mitigation, and we got Mike Evans as our guest. Mike Evans is a principal of Integrated Ag Solutions. Integrated Ag Solutions is an offshoot of Garrett Land and Cattle. Kelly Garrett, one of the founders of Extreme Ag, has this venture, and it's a joint venture, I guess you'd say, with Mike Evans and one other partner, What's cool about Integrated Ag Solutions and Mike Evans does is he works with and, and alongside Kelly Garrett, but also he's got a bunch of different roles. He's a Swiss Army knife, if you will. He's got a lot of tools, he got a lot of gadgets, he knows how to do a lot of things. And one of his things is he's the agronomic advisor to Garrett Land and Cattle. So we thought it'd be a great perspective for you to hear from him how he looks at things differently than the owner, if you will. So he's fully vested as a business partner, but he's not the owner. And he also brings a different set of skills, uh, if you will, to the operation. So Kelly told us in October, Mike, that he wanted to really focus in the year 2022 and crop season 2022 on stress mitigation. He said, you know what? I really think that we got this problem. We got these plants uh, and, and we work really hard with all the genetics and all the, you know, all of our systems. But I think that maybe we have enough nutrition out there and the nutrition isn't fully getting uh, uptaken by the plant because the plant is stressed. And he likened it to if I've got uh, a great athlete. You're a former football player. This athlete here, we train, we work, and we keep putting the, you know, putting the plate of food in front of him. But if he's injured or if he's stressed or there's some problem, he can't perform as well and he can't utilize all those resources. So he says stress mitigation is my big focus in 2022. And by it being his big focus means it's your big focus because you're the agronomic advisor to Garrett Land and Cattle. So talk to me about stress mitigation from your perspective. Yeah, it's uh it became a big focus last year. We had big swings um, in temperatures. I think remember June being extremely hot and dry. And at some point we had beans that we were concerned if they were gonna make it through the through June. Um, they just weren't growing, they were stressed. And uh, then we got through the year and got into July and August. And we had a few things we did and noticed in the crops that responded and they were stress mitigation products. And uh, we get into ponder and Kelly really pondered on it hard. And, you know, he came up with a comment, he goes, I don't think I've seen a healthy plant. And I never looked at it that way and got me thinking too. So it's like, well, yeah, we, we may not have, you know, we are in Iowa, Western Iowa. We're pretty fortunate over here um, with the soils and the climate we got. It, it's not, uh, it's not too hard to, raise a decent crop and, but we can go north and of that. And, and the stress mitigation really can't point in it. And 
looking at when products we, that help us. When we, when we talk about stress, uh, you're specifically talking about heat. I think that's probably going to be the, the bulk of the stress that our plants feel, you know, whether it's Lee up in South Dakota or, you know, Matt down in, uh, in Arkansas, it can be hot and it can be dry. <clears throat> specifically, you're talking about heat and dry. Is there any kind of other stress that you think that you're going to, when you talk about stress mitigation, is there another stress factor that I'm not thinking of? Because I want to talk about specifically what you did, but is there something besides heat? Uh, big one's cold stress right now. I mean, we planted beans March 21st, and I don't know, I don't think the soil temp's got above 50 degrees yet. So we're trying to put a bean plant, bean pot in the ground and make it till, till, till September. And it's, it's uh, been pretty cold. And uh, how do we handle that soybean in the ground for that long with those cold temperatures? And there's products we were trying this year to see if we can mitigate that stress, cold stress. And then well, we'll did you ever think that maybe instead of having to mitigate the stress, you just should wait until the soil conditions are right to plant your soybeans? Who the hell thinks you should go out plant soybeans March 21st in Northwest Iowa? <laughs> yeah, but it, time and time again, more guys pushing the envelope, doing tests. You plant them in March and you get that early growth going and they just perform better once they get in the ground. So yeah. Yeah. waiting on beans is just never paid. Um, there's multiple studies on that and we've seen it. On I, I know I was, pull, I, was pull, I was pulling your chain on that because I know that you guys, <laughs> you guys are uh, ahead of, you guys are ahead of the curve. Talking about cutting the curve. You guys are ahead of the curve on pushing out uh, early planted soybeans and also reducing population, which is another big thing that you guys are working with. All right. So the stress of cold. And that's mostly because you're trying to get in early. And it turns out that with the proper product, the soybean plant can perform even going in the ground March 21st. That was your earliest experiment. You've got another one that you went in like April 10th or 12th, I think it was. Um, <clears throat> so then, then that's where our, do we have any corn cold stress issues? Or are we going to wait until the soil temperature is at 54 degrees or 52 degrees or something like that? Um. We will see what the weather does. Um, he's got a plant date of like April 26, which ain't too far away actually, but um, there'll be chances of that. Uh, even we'll put put the corn in the ground, even if it comes up. We've had maize. I remember Memorial Day is wearing a jacket. It's 50 degrees and getting down to 38, 39 at night. So um, there's still plenty of chances of having some cold, cold stress here in the early season. Let's talk about what you're doing for stress mitigation on those early planted soybeans to to make them not stressed over the cold. It's cold and it's wet. How what's, how do you alleviate that stress? Do you use a product? Do you use a, a process? Do you use a product and a practice? What is it? Um, it's mostly products right now is what we're looking at. Um, as far as any processes, we're, we're going to plant them like we normally do. Um, we've put a few attachments on the planter to help get them in the ground better. And, but it's really products in furrow. Um, one of them that we've played around with here last year was Accomplish Max from Agerson. Um, I have a pretty good history with Accomplish Max and Agerson company. Um, I formerly worked at Nutrien and worked with those guys, great group of guys down there and been around their accomplished products, extract products, and always had good success. So, so what's Accomplish, Accomplish Max do? So Accomplish Max is their Accomplish LM product, which is a metabolite um, product for the soil. But then they, they have a ex kelp extraction process they put in this. 
that'll help helps abiotic stress, which is your heat cold um, <coughs> stresses. Mm -hmm. So we're putting in inferno um, to help that cold stress. Kelp has been known to help plants. Um, you say kelp like the stuff that comes out of the ocean? Yep. Uh, yep. You're getting a little crazy here, Mike. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? We're putting seaweed. We're putting seaweed on our on our soybeans. What are you talking about? Yeah. So kelp is uh, it's the fastest growing plant or growing plant on the planet. Um, it's usually in the sea, so it's got a lot of salt it deals with, um, and it and it really has the hormonal things that we look for in handling those stresses. So being able to bring those extract those out of the kelp plant and bring them to, into the ground, into the production acres has been a huge benefit um, to those abiotic stresses. Okay, so it, this product, Agerson's uh, Accomplished Max, you put it in furrow in time of planting for soybeans and it's it's a, well, it's a biological type product then, right? Yeah, they call it biochemistry. So I always like it to like a baseball analogy, like, you start the season at home plate at the hitter's plate or the home plate there and you you got to go to first second third and home to get the cycle started right well what accomplish will allow you to do is instead of starting a home home plate you're going to go to second right away and then you're going because they jump that step to get the soil run, running so that's what accomplish does it just kind of gets things moving faster helps us energize the soil Okay, so it's a soil energizer. You call it a metabolite. It's, it's a word I don't hear a lot. Metabolite. Can you give me a definition? So it's metabolites would be like what the soil biology excretes. So as they're in the processes, in the process of the soil biome, the soil biology will process, process the nutrients or, or whatever its role in the soil is. That, that is the process of those metabolites. It gets them out and then gets the next colony of biology rolling and keeps it, initiates that process faster. You do this and you say it allows you to plant earlier and planting early <clears throat> actually usually has resulted in yield. First off, it's space, space is not your time, so you're not crunched all at once, but also you're saying that you've experimented with early planted soybeans and it has absolutely worked out. Would it work out if you didn't use this stress mitigation product that you're talking about, Accomplish Max? Um, I think we'd see some, I think it would work, but I don't think we'd see it be as efficient as mm -hmm. without these products. Um, I don't think we'd see as even as emergence um, in the product, in the, in the plants, and we wouldn't, any other cold stresses, big events, it, they might not survive either. So um really thinking we're trying to get them off on the right foot with using these products got it all right so now the soybean gets to uh may uh it, it gets to june and then june turns hot and dry and the soybeans thinking what the hell you put me in the ground when it was 40 degree uh so 35 degree soil temperatures and wet and now i'm out here dealing with uh 87 degrees uh and no rain uh, what are we doing then to what are we doing then to relieve the stress? There we're looking at uh, a product we actually sell here at Integrated Ag called Shield X. It's a it's a salicylic acid uh, with some with some small amount of nitrogen on it, but it who will make, help. Who makes Shield X? Uh, we do here. 
Oh, integrated ag. You make it. So, well, yeah, we sell it. So I'm not bottling every day, but we source it and sell it. We private labeled it here and uh, just because of what it can do. Okay. So, so what, what is it? The product is, you said what? It's a, it's a salicylic acid um, that will help strengthen the cell walls of the plant. It also helps plants respirate when it thinks it shouldn't be. So it's, it's a trigger in the plant to keep it thinking it's in a good mood when it's having a bad day type thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what we're trying to do. So I need um, some of that. I need some shield sprayed on me. I'm usually in a bad mood. You know that your, your business partner, Kelly, says that I'm ill-tempered. He says I'm ill-tempered. <laughs> you imagine that? <laughs> Do I strike you as ill-tempered? Not today, no. Yeah, but before, when I was there? No. When you insulted my beer of choice, Coors Banquet, and I told you I was going to smack you upside the head of a bottle of it, did it seem ill-tempered to you? Well, it was a little off-putting, but... I don't know if it's still tempered. All right. Shield X is this product that you spray foliar over the top and you're doing that like in June when, and do you do it based on conditions? You do it based on plants, uh, growth phase. Usually we'll, we'll want to do it like a couple of days before a stress event, event. like if it's going to get cold or going to get hot, we'd like mm-hmm. spray it on there before. Um, and it's got like three week residual in it. So once we spray it, we got some time there um, for it to work. And then well, 12 week, 12 week. If you're putting if you're putting it on uh first week of June and it's gonna hang around for 12 weeks, that gets you through it pretty much gets you through, don't it? I mean that's that takes you to harvest. Three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, I thought you said 12 weeks. Okay. No, three weeks. Okay. So how many times did you, how many times did you go over the top with this uh shield X? How many times did you go over the top of this uh this particular last year? Just once or did you need to do it twice? We just did it once. Okay. When we were just doing some trials. Okay. Um, I know um, Lee Lubers has ran, a, ran it before and runs it a lot. So we get some information from him um, on products like that. So Stress mitigation, you've given me two things you do. Inferro on soybeans, this is. Uh, Inferro Agrisense product, Accomplish Max, that's soybeans, and that's for that's at time of planting. What if I'm not planting in March? What if I'm waiting until my... What if I'm doing a double crop? I'm waiting when wheat comes off, or I'm doing it in uh, May the way you should, or the way we used to. Uh, you know, we always used to plant our soybeans after our corn, not before. Uh, do I need any of this stuff? I still put, I still put, like Compass Max and furrow, just because of the the soil benefits of it and that kelp product. It's got more um, benefits than just uh, cold stress or heat stress. Um, it helps the plant balance its hormones and help it grow. <clears throat> You'd use it regardless. So you're, you're convinced yep. you're going to use this regardless. And then going over the top foliar with shield X, what if I'm having a perfect growing condition? Everything's fantastic. It's not, it's not hundred degrees. It's not droughty. Everything's good. Do I need to go over the top with shield X? Well, in that three week period, I guarantee you probably not going to have a perfect day all three all three weeks. So you're going to have some kind of stress, whether that's uh, a cool night or, uh, you know, two, three hours in the afternoon where it spikes high humidity, hot somewhere. I mean, we all, every geography has got their different climates, but it, 
there's always a stress that we don't know about and uh, don't pay attention to. We do, I do it. So um, giving that security blanket that we know we're protecting it is pretty vital in my mind. Talk about stress mitigation here, Mr. Mike Evans, and we're talking about it on soybeans. What about stress mitigation for corn? Is cor- corn's more delicate than soybeans, right? Uh, our buddy Chad Henderson, he thinks you ought to punish your soybeans. He thinks you ought to beat the hell out of them and make them tougher. He just absolutely, uh, he, he abuses his soybeans, but you kind of baby your corn, right? Typically, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a little more finicky, especially getting out of the ground and everything. You want, you want it the right depth, right spacing, right soil conditions. And I want it all merge all at the same time if you can. All right. So what are we doing to what are we doing to alleviate stress issues on corn? Uh, a lot of the same things, a lot of similar products um, in furrow that we will use. Um, you know, accomplish max. Uh, we're going to try some octane from Explore. Um, it's got some metabolite of technology. With All right, some- let's let's go. Let's go at time of planting and then let's go over the top. So, time of planting. What's got, what's this? What we do to alleviate stress that we put in at time of planting? Because one thing I can tell you, when I talk to the extreme ag guys, there's a hell of a lot of stuff that happens at time of planting. They're sticking stuff in the two by two. Uh, they're sticking stuff in furrow. They're sticking stuff here and there. I mean, there's there's like ninety different things going on at time of planting. I don't know how you keep up with it. So, at time of planting, what are we doing to alleviate stress? Oh, uh, we're putting in furrow products in. Um, We'll even put in some stuff in the two by two uh, for later on when the planter plant gets V6, V8. You know, All right. So, for extra. instance, so the stuff we're dropping in fro uh, to make it so that uh, it doesn't have stress is what? Uh, we'll have some nutrition. So, we're using first down from nature's here and crop max, they're in our micronutrients. So, we're giving a little bit of nutrition. Um, so, there's some available nutrition that I don't have to go find so hard. And then early season we're using product uh, vertex if from uh, teramax a lot of a lot of my guys i recommend we just seen great results great root growth does a really good job with what it what it has in it and these are all in furrow yep and uh you know we get into the two by two if guys doing that we'll put a zyway in there um from fmc just for that having something there from the v6 v8 a lot of the training now, now that's a, that's a fungicide not a i mean when i think of stress mitigation i was thinking more biological that's a fungicide right yep yep and and that and and you you would consider that a a, a product to alleviate stress yeah it's working on plant health and helping the plant uh battle diseases um that's i mean there's unknown diseases we see a lot, especially in the no-till. Um, I found this out like four years ago. We we came to, I got into a call and guys like my corn's falling down and it was right where we didn't spray the plane and trying to figure out what was going on. And I started looking and they were all snapping off at the crown rut. Well, it was physoderma, uh, stock rot and it, that gets initiated way back when the plant's six, 12 inches tall, they can start catching on the plant. So um, we started putting fungicides in our post pass and we started seeing that go away. And now we can put on with the planter and kind of alleviate some pressure off the planters or the sprayer, excuse me. So um, yeah, it's, I think it's, it'll work really well. 
talk about something you saw for the first time four years ago. You know, the idea here is to keep getting better and, and uh, harnessing all your knowledge and all your experience. What did we get wrong since the concept here is all about stress mitigation? And that's a big focus for what you and Kelly are doing there this year. What did we get wrong 10 years ago? You've been at this game for a while. You, you, you know, you've been at, you're 40 years old. You've been doing this. You've been around it, but you all been, it's been your professional career for 20 years. What the hell did we do wrong 20 years ago? What were we, what did we like going, man, man, we've really figured this out on how to not let that plant get so stressed. What did we do wrong that we've really come a long way on, you know, uh, in the last 20 years? Um, I just, I think we didn't know what we didn't know. And we just kind of didn't have enough information to make good decisions. In today's world, we have all this tools, all this technology that can give us the right information to go make informed decisions. And we, I see it all day, you know, and what I do, a lot of it's data gathering and data analysis, whether that's being using tissue samples, soil samples, um, yield monitors, uh, the planner systems that we got today uh, can really help us fine tune things. And I think, um, take the planners for instance, you know, we can space them and place them at the right spot at eight mile an hour, you know, 20 years ago, we would have never thought we could do that. And, and we put these plants in the perfect spot and, and then try to figure out why, why am I still not getting where I want to go? Well, now we're on to the next step. We're doing everything right with the planner. Now we're on to how do we manage that, that crop? How do we, how do we fine tune what we're doing in a, in a fertility management or in a agronomic management, if you want to call it. And we've, Kelly and I found out that, you know, stress mitigation is one of those tools um, that has come about through all that. And now we're trying to figure out how do we manage that piece? How do we deal with the stress mitigation? What can we do to make, to make that not a, not a, a, a the de facto problem, I guess. And, uh, you know, the next thing would be, you know, our nu nutritional stuff or fertility. And how do we manage that differently with the climate we're in today, the prices we're up, there's guys asking a lot of questions about how do I do things differently? And they're trying to figure it out, you know, and, and that's, that falls into this line of, of looking for different things to do. And, you know, like calcium is a big deal on us. And, you know, it used to be, we just grid sample threw lime out there to manage our calcium. Well, through things like uh, the agronomy 360 lab of Jason Slice, we've learned here at Kelly's that, we don't have enough available calcium in the plants. Yeah. So, you, you know, before we hit, before we hit record button here, Mike, you said something about calcium and you talked about agronomy 360. So what is agronomy 360? And I know Schley has been a, a guest here and, and he's a resource to us at extreme ag. What's agronomy 360. And then we're going to talk about calcium. So agronomy 365 is a service. 365. Agronomy, it's 360, yes. 360 means going full circle. 365 means that's how many days are on a year. Which one is it? Is it 360? We're we going full circle. We're we going full year. Full year, 365. All right. So it's a program that uh, he's helped us with. Um, a grower can sign up for it. Agronomists can sign up for it. And it's really just a, 
a platform to measure and gather data and combine it. And so there's a protocol to do within that program that you can use on, you know, depending on what membership you sign up for, but you can, it's using their soil indicator test, which is a kind of an all-encompassing, uh, I call it industry changing soil test. I mean, mm -hmm. once you've learned what he's, what it tells you, it is, it is a really big deal and really helps you explain a lot of things that are going on in your farm. And so, so yeah, I mean, I've always, I was a little kid 45 years ago. I remember we go out there and you, you stick a probe in the ground and throw it in a bag and send it to the lab. Um, and you do like two of those per field. <laughs> and then we said, no, <laughs> you, you got to do it like every two and a half acres. The grid sampling is like what? Every two and a half acres. Yep. And that's, that's more analytical and certainly uh, better information. And now you're saying, this is the next level. This is this is going beyond grid sampling. This agronomy three sixty five is going to tell me more about my soil even than that, right? Oh yeah, I mean it. It really fits everything together because you do that soil to start out with. Um, then they got a tissue sample protocol that you'll follow through the year, and I think it's six trips. You pull a tissue sample and send it to them, and then we'll have they'll do a few what they call uh, plant available tests through the year. So really looking at that pool, because you got three pools of, of soil fertility. You got the big pool, which is the mineral state yep. of the soil. So whole mineral holding capacity of that soil, what it is. And then you got your exchangeable capacity, which is what we've looked at for years, 50, 60 years is what all the labs tell the data off. And now they got the plant available pool that, that um, Jason's lab looks at, which is tells you how much does the plant got actually recognize in the soil. Mm. You could have this nice big exchangeable pool, but your plant available could be small, and that's what you want to be available to the plant. So we got to figure out how to bridge that gap, and then the tissues will tell you how you're doing, and you can test products to it, which is really good. So if we put a say we need a calcium product, and we apply a product. We can go back and verify, did we get it in the plant like we wanted to? So that, that's really the encompassing thing I see out of that program. And, and it's really, we learned a lot last year just being in it. So everything starts with the soil. You're in a soils kind of a guy, but uh, you talked about calcium for in particular and what your findings were. Sometimes you've got the calcium in the soil. You're doing everything right and it still ain't getting in the plant. Uh, you find that out through tissue sampling. I mean, you, if you just kept saying there's something wrong here and you kept looking at the soil, it ain't that. It was a plant lack of uptake. Is that what the deal is? Yeah, there's two things. Either like we had some areas of Kelly's fields that we had plenty of exchangeable, so to speak, calcium, like three, four, five thousand parts per million. So a lot if we looked at it in the old way. And we pulled the um tissue samples and we're not getting the plant we're not the levels we want to be at for the yields we want and we look at the h3a and they're low so there's a disconnect there in the soil and so we got to figure out how to atone for that or get get a product out there that we can get the plant re-energized and going again mm -hmm. so what's the product you used uh, we used a couple, uh, one's just a calcium chloride. I mean, there's, as all, and we saw some pretty good results that tried some calcium nitrate um, in a couple spots. Okay, we didn't get a huge response out of it. 
And there's a few new products here we'll try this year to see if we get a response out of them. Isn't there a big thing we talked about before with one of our episodes? I think it was with Kevin Matthews and the folks at AgroLiquid, a balance. Uh, you can't get calcium if you don't have this. Or you can't get uptake of one thing if you don't have calcium. Doesn't calcium sort of work in concert with one other element? And uh, you've got to have the, the balance has to be right? Yeah, there's certain antagonisms that, that can arise in the soil. Um, if you get too much potassium, your base saturation gets too high, or you got too big of a potassium load, it can antagonize a lot of, a lot of different um, uh, nutrients in the soil and cause issues. And, you know, calcium is a big, actually a pretty important nutrient. Um, it's a trucker of all minerals. So this calcium flows in the plant, it brings a lot of other stuff with it. So you want to get your calcium moving and getting the plant uptake in it as soon as you can. And sooner you start it, sooner, you know, you'll have that tail through the whole season. If you're trying to fix it later seasons, it's going to, it's going to be a lot tougher. I see. So um, <clears throat> we talk about stress mitigation and that was the whole, the theme of our uh, recording here today. Um, what are you going to do differently this year than you did last year to alleviate stress? You, you make any changes, practices or products? Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about the products. We've actually, to manage stress, we've changed some of our seeding rates. Um, we're reverberating all beans for most of our guys, and we're dropping the populations. Um, so we're trying to get a better stand. So we got a little more <clears throat> even emergence. There's been plenty of studies that, you know, if you treat beans like corn, you're going to get better yields. So we're trying to so do that. Treat beans like corn means what? Less, less plants per unit, less plants per acre? Yeah. And, and spacing them and trying to singulate them as best we can. You know, you think about the populations running versus corn, you're three, four, five X the population. So the meters are spinning like a top trying to put all that seed out so there's do you think you think that you think the planting population on soybeans actually ends up being a stress mitigation tool it can be i i you know we did some things last year um there on some of kelly's farms where we just flat rated fields and you just look at the flat rate where some of that was in the valleys and stuff and where we created issues where plant became too competitive and it just became a big gangly mess like a jungle and it and it, you get that big suffocating canopy and you get the right weather around here and it actually will spur on disease and you got to fight that and things you know, like if that we have, we have we have too big we have too much canopy and then not enough air and too much moisture humidity yeah, in certain areas, you know, and you got to hit all the right things with them. But it, I've seen it before. It was some certain diseases will spring up on us in certain areas. So too much, too many soybeans per acre creates uh, stress. If you told old timers this, they they got to where they thought more more seeds they put in the ground, the more the crop they're going to get. And you'd say no. What's the right amount? How many seeds per acre are we putting in this year? Uh, is your recommendation? Well, we're vibrating around 100, 110,000. Uh, we just done enough studies um, for this for this area to figure. Hundred ten thousand population on soybeans. What was it five years ago? Ten years ago? Fifteen years ago? Oh, even two years ago it was one hundred fifty. Yeah. So, you know, and I think Kelly's dad Gene talks about two hundred two twenty. Yeah. So, so 
So we're almost, we're, we're at half. We're at half of what it was yep. 20 years ago. Yep. Okay. So that's one thing we're going to do. And then you were talking about the products. Is there any other practice you're going to do to make it so that those plants don't have bad days? Um, you know, we've, in the no-till world, we've, we fight residue a lot, which is part of being a no-till. And we've, we've actually put some new row cleaner or some different row cleaners on the bean planters. And we just ran 200 acres through them and getting them tuned up. And I think that'll make a big difference just because we're getting the plants in the ground a lot better, getting good depth, even emergence. Right. So it gets it off to a better start. Yeah. So you, you don't think about debris being stress, but it is because if it puts, if the debris makes it so the plant can't get seed to soil contact or the plant can't get the right depth, now it's a stressed situation, right? Yeah, it's either too shallow and it dries out and then it's fighting to get water or it gets planted too deep um, and then there's not enough heat to get it going. You know, it's just, there's a lot of those things and getting that trash out of the way helps warm the soil up a little bit, especially in the no-till world. So I, I, I value it as a stress mitigation product. It's, most people just probably value it as a residue management, but I, I can't see them going hand to hand. Yeah, what's really interesting is when you think about it, many of the things that we're doing, uh, if you're anything you do that makes it a better planting or better emergence or whatever, that's all, again, it's about, it's about, it is alleviating stress because everything you do wrong makes it so that plant has to work harder and be more stressed to perform. Yep. What have we not talked about? What thing do we need to cover? What's the last point here on Mike Evans' role, integrated ag solutions, recommendation or lesson on uh, stress mitigation? I think, I mean, I stress to my guys is like, we look for different things on your operation that you need to prove on and stress mitigation has become one of them and figure out a way or figure out something, a solution to try this year to see, see what you can find out. And I think we're going to go into a, another hot summer. Uh, seems to be a lot of guys, a lot of drought area expanding again already. Um, I think I saw a map the other yesterday on snowfall for the year, and there's a big blue dot, which means not very much snowfall in this area we're at. We didn't get much snowfall. So moisture's somewhat limiting um, around here, and there's big concerns with that. So, um, and when water's, water's limiting, uh, having a great root system and a stress-free plant to be more efficient to get what to use what you get is going to be critical. Yeah. I mean, it really makes you wonder, uh, you know, you keep getting better and you look back and say, gosh, there's stuff we didn't even think about. And, uh, and Kelly made a point there last fall. Again, he says, I think we're going to realize at some point we've probably got adequate fertilizer. Uh, we've got adequate nutrition, nutrition and, and, and available. Uh, it's a matter of, is the plant able to use it? So that's why he says at some point, you're going to not just, you know, in the old days, throw more, throw more nutrition, throw more NPK. You know, that's what we did. It wasn't about that. It was about all these other things. The plant, if the plant can't use it, the plant can't use it. That's where I think we're going to probably see. I think this is going to be a big topic. The point is weather is a big for, for, factor for our stress, but you talked about some other things that actually are stress inducing to a crop that have nothing to do with weather or have not as much to do with weather. And that's, what's interesting. We got to think, we got to think in terms of that entire ecosystem for that plant. And it's beyond just weather of what causes stress. And that's what this whole topic was today. 
Yeah, I mean, agriculture is a complicated industry and to grow a crop takes a lot of a lot of tools, a lot of people, and you gotta really think a lot. It's not just a dump the seed in and go anymore. You know, we got a lot of things to to encounter and try to try to manage through. So it's uh takes a lot of brain power anymore. I think there's plenty of people that are probably out there doing it without as much brain power, but not the listeners and the viewers here at Extreme Ag. Because you know what? Extreme Ag followers and fans are folks that want to succeed. They want to learn. They want to be better. They want to be record setters. And that's what we're here for. My name is Damian Mason. His name is Mike Evans. You know what? Please check out all the past episodes at ExtremeAg.farm. I mean, we've got videos uh, doing everything from product to practices to the business to the generational aspect of it. I mean, we, we cover it all, and I really believe this is a great resource. So if you haven't checked out past episodes, please do so. If you have any questions, if you want to talk more about this with our man, Mike Evans, how do they find you? Uh, you can go to our website, www.integratedagsolutions.com. Uh, we have a Facebook, Twitter page, and uh, that's where we'll be at. Integrated Ag Solutions, Mike Evans. Till next time, thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks for being here, Mike. Yep, thanks, Damien. Till next time, it's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems the leader in agriculture water management solutions.